Hello, welcome to Philosophy Gets School. I'm Simon Kirchin, a philosopher based at the University of Kent, and I'm also director of the British Philosophical Association. This is an episode on utilitarianism. It's a short episode. There's also a longer episode on utilitarianism where I'm talking with three teachers, Paul Moore, Bridger, Dan McKee, and Michael Platt. And we're going to all sorts of topics about utilitarianism in detail. We divide it into segments, but it's still quite a long episode. So I thought I'd just record a short, snappy episode to give you the absolute basics of utilitarianism in case you're in a rush or just want to get right to the heart of it all. Okay, so before we get on to utilitarianism, let's think about normative ethics and let's think about consequentialism. So elsewhere, I've got an episode where I talk about applied ethics, normative ethics and metaethics. And in that episode, uh, I say the following about normative ethics. So normative ethics is often contrasted with descriptive ethics. So if you were just interested in descriptive ethics, all you'd be interested in doing would be just describing how, in fact, people act morally. Normative ethics is different. It's a, a way of thinking and encompasses a number of different theories where what we're trying to do is work out not in fact how people act, but how they should act. What are the norms that we should be following? What are the justifications we should be bringing into how we want to live our lives and what sort of actions uh, we should do? And there are all sorts of different normative ethical theories, as you might uh, find out when you're studying, and there'll be episodes on those as well. What's interesting in normative ethics is, is this. Take any sort of action. You can probably focus on a number of different elements. You can focus on the intentions of the person who is acting and perhaps their broader character traits. You can focus on the action types themselves. So something might be a stealing, a theft. It might be a lying. It might be a killing. It might be a helping or a saving. And there's some theories that think that the action types themselves are the morally significant things. But also you can think about the consequences of your actions. So say you've stolen something, perhaps you've stolen some bread, but perhaps you've stolen some bread to help feed some people. And perhaps the consequence of that action is lots of people don't starve and therefore they're a little bit happier. So one thing you can do is be a consequentialist and say the morally right thing to do is dictated to you, not partly by the consequences, but only by the consequences. So all these normative ethical theories will often focus just on one type of element, consequentialism, as the name suggests, focus on the consequences or the effects. Consequentialism as a label came out roughly in the mid 20th century. It's a very general position. Utilitarianism came earlier, as, as you may know, it was developed uh, as a label in, um, in Victorian England. And it's a type of consequentialism, though it's still very, very, very broad. So it came earlier, but it's, and it's slightly more specific than the label of consequentialism. So what utilitarians say is, yes, we should be focusing on the consequences. We should be focusing on the good consequences. And, and what, what do we mean by good consequences there? Well, utilitarians will say what we should be focusing on are the things that produce utility to human beings. And often then that gets sharpened a little bit more and people think about human pleasure or human happiness. We need to be producing consequences that result in pleasure and happiness, or possibly differently, we need to be producing consequences that avoid or minimize pain. 
Okay, so that's a basic thought. Another really important basic building block in the whole way of thinking as a utilitarian or indeed a consequentialist is this. Let's say you work out what the good consequences are. Those are the things that are going to be dictating what things are morally right and morally wrong. Okay, those are the things that will be justifying your actions. Let's say you focused on something and let's say it's human pleasure. Do you want to have some human pleasure as a consequence of your actions? Well, yes, you do. But actually, what you want to do is the morally right thing. You don't want to have just some human pleasure where another action would produce a bit more human pleasure. Actually, what you want to be doing is maximizing pleasure or human happiness or utility. And it's that action that maximizes human pleasure or happiness or utility, which is the morally right action. Everything else falls short. The morally right action is the action that maximizes human pleasure, human happiness, utility, or if you're consequentialist, the morally right action is the action that maximizes good consequences. And those are kind of, the, that's structurally the very, very basic idea behind consequentialism and utilitarianism. In the episode, where I'm talking with uh, the three teachers. Uh, we talk about all sorts of topics. We talk about Bentham and Mill, and there's a very important idea regarding Bentham where we put him in context because there's actually something very simple about what I've just described about trying to maximise or bring about uh, human happiness and produce as much of it as possible. And there's something very special about the context of the time that Bentham was writing, which actually makes that a very, very, very important idea. But the simplicity and possibly the simplistic nature of that idea then produces a number of different problems and questions. And we see John Stuart Mill trying to give some sharpening, some bit more detail to Bentham's ideas. So you might have come across higher and lower pleasures. Does every pleasure count or are some pleasures, uh, some consequences better than others in their character? Um, and we also think about some other differences as well. So for example, Let's imagine you're convinced by the truth of utilitarianism, but should you be an act or a rule utilitarian? And we talk about that whole debate and what it's a debate about and think about the problems that face act and rule utilitarians. The key thing about that debate in act and rule utilitarianism stems from what I've just been describing, because we might have that big, simple rule, maximise good consequences, or in the case of utilitarianism, uh, maximise uh, human pleasure. But we know that as we go through life, there are lots of specific rules that we follow. Do not steal, do not kill, do not lie. And sometimes they can clash with that overarching utilitarian principle. And really the debate between act and rule is all about that sort of interplay. There are other things we consider as well in the pond, particularly some of uh, some particular problems that are really seem as if they're a bit fatal to utilitarian utilitarians. So we think about well, what do we mean by pleasure? Is it one? What, is it loads and loads of specific things, or is it one general thing? What actually do we value in life? Pleasure and contentment, or do we value freedom? Do we value liberty? Do we value equality? When we're talking about the greatest happiness for the greatest number, that, that very grand utilitarian slogan, we could actually maximise happiness just by locating resources in a, in a smaller number of people. So what about all those other people? Perhaps we do value equality. And we also think about an integrity objection that stems from Bernard Williams, where actually what we often value are as people, as, as moral agents, as people in the world, we value having our long-term commitments and projects. 
So, for example, having friends and friends, you're supposed to stick with with each other through good and bad. But, for example, if you're a utilitarian, the only thing that matters is maximizing happiness. And so there might be some situations where you drop your friend and, you know, cast them out. And perhaps the next day, the utilitarian calculus say, oh, well, you know, make, make good with that friend and pick up back with them again. But that doesn't seem to uh, reflect how we think about our moral commitments. And then, of course, there's a problem of demandingness with utilitarianism, saying maximise pleasure, maximise good consequences. That's actually a very, very, very demanding ideal. And so we talk about whether that's credible or whether we just have to accept that that's how uh, morality is, and most of us will fall short every day. So there's lots packed into that episode um, and lots I've just packed in here, but I hope this short, snappy summary gives you a flavour not just of um, the longer, in-depth episode, but also gives you a flavour of what utilitarianism is all about.